from the USA Today Network. Welcome to The Chop, a Rutgers football podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Ross, Chris Eisman, and Steve Edelson. That's right. It's time for The Chop, a Rutgers football podcast. Ryan Ross here with Chris Eisman and Steve Edelson. Rutgers 45, Delaware 13. Welcome back to another fun show we have planned for you this week. If you've been following us all season, good to talk to you again. If this is your first time, welcome to the show. We got a lot to get into today, but your Rutgers Scarlet Knights, they have started the season 3-0 the first time since 2012. Chris, let's begin with you. Uh, Rutgers does what they need to do against Delaware, and here they are 3-0, just like we said they had to be if they wanted to play for a bowl, to play in a bowl at the end of the season. Well, that's exactly right, Ryan. I mean, look, coming into the year, you know, if you're a Rutgers fan, you looked at these three games and said these are three big opportunities, you know, put yourself in in good spot going into this Michigan game and the start of Big Ten play. And Rutgers did what it had to do, you know, and it did it pretty well, too. I mean, listen, there were some ups and downs, certainly offensively. You know, that's still improving, but I think it, it showed a lot more against Delaware. Whether it can do that against tougher competition, we're obviously going to find that out this weekend and going forward. But yeah, I mean, you get these three wins, you're, you're, you know, three wins away from securing a bowl bid. Uh, we'll see if they get there. But listen, Rutgers is heading into this game in, in, in a pretty good spot. Steve, what stood out to you from Saturday? Well, I think what stood out from uh, from Saturday was basically Rutgers did what you thought they would do. You know, they didn't let them hang around. They took care of an opponent who clearly w- was not of the same caliber of them. And now you move on. And, and really, let's face it, the season begins on Saturday. You know, everything the last three weeks was just a prelude to the Big Ten uh, season. And, and now we get the first real measuring stick for this team. And I think that's wildly fascinating, you know, to see where this team is going to stand. You know, is it is it going to be closer to last year's overtime game? with Michigan you know is it going to be closer to 78 to nothing I don't think anyone quite knows but uh we're going to find out finally that's right Rutgers versus Michigan coming up so the Scarlet Knights are three and oh and a big game coming up against Michigan but unfortunately kind of the the positive vibes from that three and oh start and the excitement for the Michigan game coming up has taken a bit of a hit this week with some player suspension news uh Chris why don't you get us caught up on, on what's going on with the program there yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, this certainly hurts them. I mean, uh, yesterday um, it was announced, you know, Greg Shiano announced that Max Melton and Chris Long um, had been suspended immediately after they were taken into police custody um, late Monday night following an involvement with a paintball gun. Um, this certainly hurts, you know, and, and you know, we talked so much on this show and, and we've written so much about how well the defense has played and how well special teams has played. And Max Melton was a big part of that. You know, he had two interceptions, including a 46-yard pick six. Um, he blocked the punt. He was a really impactful player for Rutgers, and now they don't have him. So now they have to find someone, find a way to kind of replace that production and, and replace his impact. There's a few different ways they could go, whether it's sliding every young back over from safety to cornerback and starting, um, uh, you know, Najee Jones to safety, um, or whether it's, you know, you could – We'll see if Patrice Rene, who hasn't played, he's the North Carolina transfer. He hasn't played because he's been banged up. Is he finally healthy and ready to go? We'll find that out Saturday. Um, or you could obviously look for a player like Robert Longerbeam, who's um, on the depth chart, a cornerback, to step up and, and get more more opportunities. So, you know, there's some different ways that, that Rutgers could go here. Um, 
and and we'll find out on Saturday, but it's definitely difficult to replace a guy like Max Melton, who has certainly made a big impact and, and has been, you know, Greg Schiano has praised him, you know, this season for how well he's played and how well he's continued to develop and, you know, his, his, the trajectory that he's on. So, yeah, I mean, you lose a player like that, it's tough. And, and Rutgers is now going to have to find a way to overcome that. And it just couldn't have come at a worse time. You know, heading into your Big Ten opener, a huge distraction in addition to losing the the big plays that you're going to need against teams like Michigan on the field. So just uh, timing is 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 just really bad. Absolutely, and it's it's a headache that I'm sure Greg Schiano doesn't want to wake up to in, in a game week uh, for Michigan. And like I said, you you know you start the season three and zero, you have a big game coming up against a big time opponent, and then this kind of just really sucks the fun out of everything. But Rutgers will have to regroup, of course. They'll have to find replacements for Melton and, and see what they can do against Michigan. Uh, stacking up against Michigan, that's something that Greg Schiano talked about. Let's hear what the Rutgers head coach had to say. We haven't turned anything around, right? We've had a, a good start to, to our non-conference schedule. But you know, this is what I keep talking about is Rutgers in the Big Ten. And now we start playing our Big Ten schedule. And that's that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So we we have to we have to go and show that we belong, and we haven't done that yet. And we won a couple games, but as I've t- said to you before, I don't feel like 2020 was real. I think you didn't really get a a real picture of every team. I thought you had a distorted picture. And I'm not taking anything away from what the players or staff did here, but this is real. And we're going out to play against a really, really good football team uh, that has got it going. I mean, you can just, everything I've looked at, the film I've looked at, the media that I've listened to, there's a good uh, there's a good vibe out there right now. They're playing really good football. They're playing winning football. They're holding on to the ball, playing good defense. They're running the ball, right? When you do that, you have a chance to win every week. So uh, we have our... Our work cut out for us for sure, but I'm anxious to see how we stack up, and I know our players are. That's what it's about. It's fun. Let's go play. Audio there from Rutgers Athletics. So, yeah, how does Rutgers measure up to this Michigan team? And like we said, this is a big measuring stick game. It's it's real now. You heard Greg Schiano say it. No offense to, to Temple, Syracuse, and Delaware, but going on the road to play Michigan, the 19th-ranked team in the country, 3-0, and It's it's – it's real now. Now the season really begins, Chris. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, you know, everything becomes tougher now. And and I think it's really interesting. And, and he said this point a few times, whether it was going back to Big Ten media days in Indianapolis or whether it was just in training camp or early on in the season. We're Again, we don't know what last year showed in a lot of ways. So was that, you know, how much we can take away from last year's 48-42 loss uh, in triple overtime in Piscataway, you know, against Michigan? At this point, we really don't know. You know, Michigan was in a lot of ways a mess last year. They were missing players, obviously. Just, I mean, it was, in a COVID season, it was just weird for a variety of reasons. After the season, Jim Harbaugh obviously got the new contract, took a pay cut, got rid of a lot of members of his coaching staff, and came back a much better team this year, it looks like, so far. But again, we want to see what Michigan looks like, too, in Big Ten play. So this is obviously a big chance for Rutgers to go out there and show that they've made progress over the last couple of years under Greg Schiano, that they're a different team than the one that lost 52 nothing in 2019 and ended up having to fire Chris Ash. And that kind of was the game that ushered in a lot of change to the program. 
So, you know, we'll see where Rutgers is on Saturday. Well, we'll, this is the true opportunity to see whether or not these last three games were because of the competition that they were going against and and the just weaker teams or if Rutgers really has made a lot of improvements and can become the type of big 10. And, and we're not saying that they're there yet. They're not, you know, he said yeah, even the turnaround is not complete, but this is an opportunity to show that the, the trajectory is continuing in the right direction and that they can go to a place like Michigan, stay competitive, give themselves a chance to win in the fourth quarter. That's the big key. They want to compete. They want to show that they belong. And unfortunately, sometimes during their, their big 10 careers, they, they haven't shown that they haven't, proven at times that they should be on the same field of the the Michigan's Ohio State's Penn State's of the world uh Michigan as I said ranked 19th they are 3-0 and with wins over Western Michigan Washington and Northern Illinois uh you know of course they really haven't played the toughest schools around either so we're going to learn a little bit about Michigan as well they are 6-1 and all time against Rutgers Rutgers won in 2014 and Michigan's won the last six, including the overtime triple overtime game last year. We wanted to find out more about these Michigan Wolverines. So we caught up with our colleague from the Detroit free press, Michael Cohen to learn more about this Saturday's matchup. And for more on those Michigan Wolverines, we now welcome in our colleague from the USA Today Network, Michael Cohen. Michael covers Michigan for the Detroit Free Press. Be sure to follow him at Michael underscore Cohen 13 on Twitter. Michael, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Excited for the game this weekend. Thanks for having me, fellas. Absolutely. Uh, I think Michigan's probably one of those few programs around the country where everyone's always wondering if they're back. You hear it for for Texas, USC, and I think Michigan's certainly one of those teams. So let me ask you this to start, Michael. Is Michigan back? You know, it's it's a really interesting question because the, the style that they've played this year that is giving them the best chance to win is a very throwback style. You know, they've they've run the ball 147 times in three games, and they haven't even thrown 50 passes yet in three games combined. So it's a really bizarre style that's basically on par with what you see from the service academies in terms of the run-pass balance. Um, the question is, can that hold up over time and against what you know people assume would be better competition in the Big Ten? I think their offensive line is really good. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. I just have some serious questions about what's going to happen if they ever get behind in a game. Because right now they've played with a lead in every game and running the ball hasn't been an issue because of that. But if they find themselves down on the scoreboard, can they throw enough or can they put enough drives together in a short enough time span to make up any kind of a deficit? So I think they're getting close to being back and I think they're going to win more games than people thought earlier in the year. But I'm not sure if it's going to be quite good enough to beat the elite in the Big Ten this season. Michael, obviously they were they were dealt with a tough blow in the first game of the season, losing Ronnie Bell to a season-ending knee injury. I mean, how have they kind of been able to overcome that these last couple of games, and and how much is that going to continue to hurt them, if at all? You know, going down, you know, once as a Big Ten play starts. Well, it was really funny because he got hurt in the first game, and then that was the question all week: how can I, how can they make up for it? Which receivers are going to step up? Which tight ends, et cetera, et cetera? And then they hosted Washington. And McNamara, their quarterback, threw for less than 50 yards, but they ran for over 300 and they won. And so the answer was, we don't really need to throw the ball to our wide receivers without Ronnie Bell. But the viability of that is is questionable. So essentially what they have is one player named Cornelius Johnson, who's your prototypical size, 6'3", 215 on the outside, 
runs really well, and he's pretty much their only deep threat that they have right now. And then the remainder of their receiving core is a lot of sort of slot type guys, a lot of 5'10", 5'11", 180 pounds, guys that are not really going to win against press coverage and they're not really going to play on the perimeter. So one of the things that offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis has done to kind of offset the lack of a traditional passing game is he's mixed in a lot of things like jet sweeps, fly sweeps, reverses, things to manufacture yards and big gains that would normally come in the passing game, but for Michigan typically do not. So they've manufactured things that way. But the the simplest answer to that question is they've just leaned into their running game. I mean, you know, they're leading the country in rushing right now in terms of yards per game at 353 a game. Uh, Blake Corum has been over 100 in all three games. And, you know, I think that they're just going to ride that train as long as they can and run it and then supplement it with – as as few passes as necessary from quarterback Cade McNamara and making sure those passes he does throw are as high percentage and as easy as they possibly can be. You know, Michael, over the years in this rivalry, Michigan has taken so many good players out of New Jersey. I, I would think important as Shiano is trying to build this Rutgers program for Michigan to kind of keep them at that arm's length in terms of a recruiting angle. And, and I'm sure for Rutgers, just trying to, uh, you know, fence New Jersey and keep guys here, closing that gap with Michigan is a pretty important thing. Yeah, I would agree 100%. Um, you know, I think the, the interesting part about Michigan's roster right now is that in addition to New Jersey, they have a, a really large, well, surprisingly large percentage of players from the Northeast in general, a lot of players from Connecticut, a lot of players from Massachusetts. And so there's there was definitely an emphasis for them to sort of penetrate into the Northeast. Now, uh, I had heard, again, because I'm new on the beat this season, I had heard that some of that was related to former defensive coordinator Don Brown and some of the ties that he might have had to the Northeast. So it's hard to say if there will be as much of an emphasis on that now that Brown has been replaced. Um, But certainly New Jersey is an area that teams all over the country are looking at because of the high school talent that they have there. And in fact, there was a player from New Jersey Uh, Brad Hawkins, who spoke to uh, the media yesterday, and he was asked about, you know, Rutgers and all that stuff. And he said, yeah, I mean, a bunch of my friends went there. It was the state school. I definitely considered them. But ultimately, I went, you know, to Michigan, obviously. And so that was kind of, you know, what what Rutgers needs to get out of is in-state players saying, yeah, I'm considering Rutgers, but then I go somewhere else. And that's exactly what you said. And that's going to be huge for Shiano moving forward. And Michael, anyone obviously that follows this sport knows that the big house in Ann Arbor is one of the best environments for college football. Uh, Greg Schiano, well aware of that. Let's listen to what the Rutgers coach had to say about playing in the big house. Yeah, I think, you know, we have the ability to do it. We did it getting ready for Syracuse. We did it um, in the years past. You know, we have crowd noise. We have systems that we've invested money in that uh, provide, I mean, you can't hear yourself talk from me to you away. It's not going to be louder than that. So I'm not. Uh, that really isn't the issue you deal with when you play on the road. Is you can't let the momentum. You can't judge what's going on. The momentum, all those things. You just got to chop your job. Just go and do what you're supposed to do. Um, when you start letting all that other stuff become part of the equation, well, now you're playing right into the mess. Right. So playing on the road. There's certain things that we talk about all the time, and I think our guys understand what it's going to take. But, again, it's been a while since we've played on the road, you know, in the Big Ten with crowds, not since I've been here. So this is our first Big Ten road game, and it's a good place to start. 
Good place to start indeed. But of course, a, a home field advantage is only as good as the excitement of the fans in that field. So I'm curious, what's been the vibe around Ann Arbor? Michigan's had some hot starts in recent memory only to kind of hit a road bump midway through the season. But what's kind of the feeling of the fans uh, around Michigan now? You know, they, they were really excited for week two, especially because Michigan Stadium doesn't often have night games. It was just the 10th night game in the history of Michigan Stadium. And Washington was here, an opponent that has you know some national name recognition. And the student section was absolutely packed to the point where that end of the stadium was significantly louder than the other. And on the first play of the game for Washington, you know, when all these coaches script generally the entire first series, not just the first play, Washington comes out and has a delay a game because they couldn't get organized right in front of the student section with the volume. And so Harbaugh and defensive coordinator Mike McDonald and others were talking about how the environment was crazier than they had seen it in Michigan Stadium in, in quite some time. And I, I think that's a reflection of the fact that, you know, there is some rejuvenated life around this program and around this this city. You know, um, Harbaugh had to make numerous changes to his coaching staff during the offseason. There's, there's basically one or two holdovers at most from last year and everybody else is new. So it was basically like getting a new staff. And, you know, anytime there's a new staff and a new program, the excitement always goes through the roof. You get the messages about new culture and, you know, better culture and and more connections between players and coaches. So people are buying into that right now. And you know, I, I think the Rutgers game is one that they're eager to see how, how Michigan does. But in fairness, you know, a lot of people are looking ahead to the following week when they go to Wisconsin and they play on the road. I think Michigan has benefited tremendously from having four straight home games to start the season. And when they go on that road game to Wisconsin the first week of October, I think that's what, what people are really going to be focused on. And so in that regard, Rutgers has the opportunity to come in and, and maybe, maybe you know, take a swing at a team that is potentially looking ahead seven days down the road to, to what they think is going to be a bigger and better game. And, and these teams did play a great game last year. Obviously, it was a strange season uh, last year with with COVID delays and holdouts and, and everything that went on. Uh, Greg Schiano mentioned last year's game when uh, he spoke to the press. Let's hear what he had to say. Well, they're a different team. I think just look at it, right? From They didn't have their best player when we played them last year. I mean, there's a lot of differences. That that game was a shame. We had our opportunity there, and we didn't take advantage of it, right? Uh, this is a different Michigan team, though. And, you know, I'd like to think we're a different Rutgers team, too. And as I said earlier when we started, I'm just excited to go see how we stack up. And uh, we're going to know probably by around 7.30 or so, probably know where we stack up. So how do you think Rutgers does stack up against this Michigan team? And what are you kind of predicting and, and looking for for this game on Saturday? You know, there's a couple of things about Rutgers that I find really intriguing, and, and I'm curious to see how those those attributes will interact with Michigan. And specifically, I'm talking about Rutgers' ability to generate takeaways. You know, they're up among the leaders in the country, I think, with eight takeaways this year, either first or second when I looked the other day. And, and Michigan hasn't really taken the ball away much. And on the flip side, they haven't turned it over at all on offense, not one time. And I'd be curious to see how they would react to their first turnover. And the reason why last year's game – carries a lot of significance for Michigan as it relates to this weekend's game is that that's when Cade McNamara really took over the starting quarterback role. He didn't start that game, but Joe Milton went down with an injury. Cade McNamara came in and then he played the rest of the game, you know, led them to that, you know, thrilling victory in, in multiple overtimes. And then from then on, he was basically this team's starting quarterback. So that game carries a lot of significance for Michigan's offense in terms of what it represents. Um, the other area that I, I'm really curious to see is, is how good 
Rutgers special teams really are and, and how much they can test Michigan. Um, Harbaugh spoke the other day about just how how incredible Shiano's teams are on special teams and that they throw all different kinds of looks at you and things that other teams don't often try. So I'm curious to see how that applies uh, for the first time in a Big Ten setting. And then lastly, I think this is huge for Rutgers is that they just don't commit a lot of penalties. You know, they're in the top 10 in terms of fewest penalties committed this season, whereas Michigan is down around, I think, 50 or 60 when I looked the other day. So if Michigan, excuse me, if Rutgers can come in and play clean football, make a play or two on special teams and generate one or two takeaways, all things that they've done already this season, you know, I think it's going to be really curious to see how Michigan responds when they, you know, get the proverbial first punch in the mouth of the season, so to speak. Great stuff, as always. Michael, thank you so much for for stopping by the show. And uh, again, Michael Cohen from the Detroit Free Press. Follow him at Michael underscore Cohen 13. And uh, thanks for being our guest here today. Yeah, no problem, fellas. Looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to seeing you this weekend. And again, thank you to Michael Cohen from the Detroit Free Press. Be sure to check out his work over there in Detroit covering the Michigan Wolverines. Our thanks again to him. So now let's get into our prediction segment. Before we do that, we have a couple more quotes we want to play for you. Uh, we've been kind of harping on this all episode, but this is what Rutgers signed up for. This is what they want. They want to be sharing the field with those big-time programs on national TV and some of these settings that are just classic college football settings, and, and Greg Schiano is aware of that. Let's hear what he had to say about Rutgers and their place in the Big Ten. Like I said, I, I believe Rutgers from 2002 on, I really believe that that's where Rutgers belong. And we were blessed to get accepted and, and admittance into the Big Ten. We have to show that we belong by the way we play on the field. Basketball's done that, right? We got to do it in football. A lot of our other sports are doing it as we speak. I'm really, really proud of, of all our coaches and, and athletes. I mean, there's some great things going on right now. We're a little behind some of the rest of the programs, but we want to catch up desperately, and we want to be part of that excitement of Rutgers in the Big Ten because I really, really believe this is where we belong. And, again, we'll see where we stack up. Maybe we're ready now. Maybe we're not. We'll know by Saturday night. But uh, I'm excited to do it. In, a, in, a, in the long run, this is where we belong. And, and that sense of opportunity here to prove that you belong, that's that's rubbed off onto the players as well because, uh, Chris, you talked to defensive end Mike Tavertoff, uh just exactly about this. Let's hear what he had to say. You know, we've, we've, we've always been the underdog for a few years. That's no secret. And, you know, a game, a game like that is to show people what we're made of. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's time for us to belong too. And we're going we're gonna to show that come Saturday. But, um you know, it starts with us getting better every single day, eliminating eliminating outside noise, outside critics, and just focusing on ourselves, this family. And, um, you know, if we do that, then we can only keep getting better. And just coming out of that, Chris, just from what you've heard from Shiano there, what you heard from Mike Tavertoff, what are your thoughts as we head into this Michigan game? And let's get into some predictions for Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, this is, this is you know, the thing that I'm most interested to see, Ryan, I think – can their offense, which looks so much better against Delaware, can that continue that against a team like Michigan, which obviously has played well in all three phases? We know what they've done on offense. We've talked about it with Michael about that running game, um, and we know how you know well they've, their special teams has played, and and obviously on, on defensively they've been very very good too. So I'm really interested to see if this offensive line can continue to play, make the improvements. Does they protect it a lot better than it, it against Delaware than it had the previous two games? But now it's a much tougher test. These are the things that you want to see in Big Ten play. How do you measure up? 
Can Noah Vedral kind of have come close to what he did against Delaware against a much tougher team? Those are the types of things that we want to see. We don't know yet at this point. We don't know how sustainable those improvements are going to make or are going to be, I should say. I think that Rutgers is going to give Michigan a test. I really do. You know, I, I think that they'll keep it relatively close for a lot of the game. I can see something like a, you know, 31, um, I would say 31, 24 type of loss. Maybe, uh, obviously that that's, that would be a big, you know, that would be a close loss for Rutgers. That would be a good game. Um, maybe something along those lines, but if they could keep it that close, that would be a, a pretty good for them. Um, it's going to be an interesting one, but there's a lot of things that we want to see. So for those of you who follow these types of things, Chris has Rutgers both covering and taking the over for Saturday. Rutgers right now, they're 18 and a half point underdogs. The over under at about 51 and a half on the money line. Rutgers is about six and a half to one underdogs in that game. Uh, Steve, your thoughts for Saturday. Well, and you you heard Greg Schiano talk about, you know, trying to get to the top of the Big Ten. And this really shows how daunting a task that is, how hard it is. Yes, basketball did it. But basketball, you can get one or two impact players and make a huge leap, even in the Big Ten. Football, a lot tougher. You need a lot more athletes. There's a lot more steps to climb to get there. And we're going to see how Rutgers is doing on Saturday. You know, um, you know I think clearly – this is by far the toughest game Michigan is going to have. You know, they played two MAC teams, and honestly, Rutgers would have won those games by similar scores, I believe. And and they beat a Washington team at home that opened with a home loss to Montana. So that's not a vintage Washington team. This is going to be the toughest test for Michigan so far, uh, and and that's why I think I agree with Chris. I think it's going to be a close game. Now, listen, a top twenty team on the road, in a tough environment, uh, at this stage of a rebuilding process, that's a tough game. But I think what we've seen from Rutgers is we know they're going to be competitive. We know they're going to play hard. And I think that's going to serve them well in this game. Uh, I think they're going to cover two. I'm going to say uh, 28-14. I'd like to see Rutgers just compete and, uh, you know, counterpunch Michigan maybe once or twice throughout this game, whether it's with a big play of their own, whether they force a Michigan turnover, uh, just like we've all been saying, uh, it would just be nice to see them compete. And, and like we said, it's a, it's a very tough task to go into the big house, 19th ranked team uh, to, to come out with a win there. But I do like Rutgers covering, let's say 31, 17. Uh, it will be a little bit closer through that game. I think Michigan maybe pulls away with a couple late scores, but if I think if you're a Rutgers fan, uh, you know, there's there's no moral victories in this game. You either win or lose, but it would be a moral victory to, to go there and show that you at least belong on the same field with one of the blue bloods of the, the Big Ten. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and this is, I will say, so far we do these predictions every week. This is the one that I'm least sure about. Maybe that in Syracuse. Maybe Syracuse was close. Because I could, as I said, I could see it being like a 31-24, but I could also see it being like 45-21. I mean, it's just, I, I really am uncertain about what this is going to be like because we just haven't seen this type of test yet this season with this current group of players and the improvements that they've made. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, it's it's going to be really inter- interesting to see. I could see it close, like I said earlier, but uh, I could also see it being uh, not so close. So we'll see. 
there's plenty of unknowns for both Rutgers and Michigan. So it should be fun to find out Saturday to see how the Scarlet Knights stack up with the Wolverines. Of course, we'll be watching, and we thank you for listening. Uh, Again, thanks to Michael Cohen from the Detroit Free Press for stopping by the show. And thank you for listening. Of course, be sure to read Chris and Steve's reporting on app.com, northjersey.com. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And we have plenty of season to go, so we have a lot to get through throughout the rest of the year. Thank you for listening to this show. For Steve, for Chris, I'm Ryan. Thanks for listening to The Chops.